I'm a big two cake one pull girl. Um, it's a pretty basic one, but I just feel like it helps a lot with my rhythm because um, my kick, my stroke is very kick driven. So if I just like get that extra kick, I can kind of feel that forward motion again. And then the second kick helps me lock in my arms and undulation where it should be. Um, so that's my favorite. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew. Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and Lydia Jacoby. What's up, Lydia? How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Okay. So since we've started doing Social Kick, we've uh, had such good engagement from um, our audience, especially following us on Instagram at Social Kick Swim. And so if um, before each show, we'll do a poll uh, for followers to submit some questions that we can ask, ask each guest. So please do that. And with that in mind, Lydia, we've got a few audience questions for you to start off today's show. This oh, one okay. is from CT underscore Mangum. Taters salad or tater salad? Um, I'd probably have to go with salad. I don't have tater tots very often. So... <laughs> I feel like salad's more integral part of my diet. <laughs> All right. Alaskan or Norwegian salmon? This one's from Neof Toshera. Alaskan or Norwegian salmon? Pretty obvious question, but we never know. Maybe you've been to Norway and had better. Yeah, I got I to gotta stay true to my roots. I have to go Alaskan salmon on that mm. one. But to be fair, I don't know if I've ever tried Norwegian salmon, so... All right. Well, hey, don't knock it till you've tried it. As they say, um, this one may be more to the core of some of your competitors. This one's from Amatom33. That little dolphin kick, that mini dolphin kick that we see some breaststrokers do, or at least what looks like it. Is that cheating or is that, uh, okay, just innovative technique? <laughs> oh, controversial one. I mean... Uh if you're actually doing a dolphin kick and you're aware that you're doing a dolphin kick, then yeah, that's cheating. But like, I don't know. I mean, different people have different like rhythms in their strokes. So a lot of, a lot of strokes can look like they have a dolphin kick when it's really just kind of the rhythm of the brush stroke. So it's hard to say, which is why it's so hard to DQ. All right. You heard it from the Olympic champion. Awareness is part of what makes that illegal. You have to be aware of it. If you're doing it and you're not aware, everything's okay is what I heard from that. And that's someone who never does, <laughs> never does breaststroke kick ever. Actually, quick aside on this is I remember getting DQ'd for doing a 200 IM um, and I did dolphin kick and a real meet and the official actually had to come up to me and he's like, so, uh, you know, you didn't do the breaststroke kick, right? And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, I know. Thank you, though. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> all right. Um, maybe uh, the most important one of all, given her stardom today, this one's from Ellie underscore Belly 907. Favorite T Swift song? Favorite T Swift song. Okay, mm. you have one. I'd have to say Endgame is my favorite that's that's like my one of my it's in my pre-race playlist um but i do like some of her like newer folk albums so well as know. someone as someone who's been in a band before and we'll get to a question there mm -hmm. can we get a little t-swift rendition <laughs> right now no yeah right now <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. But we did have an audience member ask something about 
your band called Snow River. What songs did you play? And when's the reunion tour? Says um, says our Instagram follower, Big Dot Sky. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I played in the band for about six years. We started it when we were really little. Um, so that was always a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we just kind of split up when we all started going to college and playing different sports and everything. But yeah, we played a lot of um, like bluegrass folk music, some like indie stuff. So yeah, it was fun. And um, I actually just bought a keyboard. I'll show you. All right. Oh, oh a proper one too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. I want to start start playing again a little more. So. I love that. I would. Uh, I'm yeah, plugged in, and I can't. Oh, that side. That I'm side. plugged in, and I, I would. I would show you the same thing, but I've also got a keyboard and a guitar right here next to me as well. So cheers to that. Nice. <laughs> I have no musical skills, but I like it. Um, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump into this segment. Video. Yeah, all video skills. That's what I like to do. And try this one. A little segment we have called Fish Out of Water. You know, swimming is so awesome. You just came back from uh, the, the World Cup circuit and, and you had you met tons of people and all these different environments you're in. You know, sometimes the swimming makes it really cool to travel and be in different places. And sometimes it's pretty damn hard to adjust. Um, <laughs> I remember I remember swimming in Trinidad. I'm from the Caribbean. Never seen snow, oh. Trinidad and Tobago. And this swimmer came to train of us from Alaska. And he brought this Alaska swim cap. And I was so happy I got to swim a bit. Because to me, it was like swimming with Santa Claus. It was so far away. It's so opposite to <laughs> what I'm about. Right? And I wore I I Santa Claus mug right here, actually. Yeah, no, see, that's your neighbor. That's as far as <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, talk about that massive change. We, uh, we see this a lot with swimmers at like age 16, age 17, changing their mm -hmm. home environments to go for, you know, to swim at North Baltimore Quarter Club if you're Katie Hoff, you know, things like this. You, at what? You went from Seward, Alaska... Which is mm -hmm. you need to look this up, audience members. Where this is at? This is on the water, swimming for a club that's called Tsunami because yeah, they may get tsunamis, <laughs> and you ended up in the middle of the desert. You went from a place that's thirty-six degrees right now to what is it now in Austin? Probably seventies. What was that change no. like? You know? Yeah, it's about sixty-five right now. Oh. Um, but we just kind of cooled down from like the nineties. So yeah, it's definitely been a big change. I mean. Um, I always traveled a lot growing up, so um, I'm pretty used to like a lot of different things, but it's definitely been a big change, especially obviously like training facilities, um, yeah. having two 50 meter pools as opposed to a six lane 25 yard pool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I definitely miss being by the ocean. Um, yeah, no tsunamis in Texas. So. <laughs> That's it's one less thing to worry about. We got a tornado warning the other day, though, and I didn't know what to do in that circumstance. <laughs> I'm like, I can do earthquakes, I can do tsunamis, but I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> what happens when your teammates say, oh, man, it's a cold today, and it's like 65? What, what do you tell them? <laughs> no, it's crazy how fast that you adjust to the, yeah. the warm weather, though, because temperature feels so different here than it does at home. Like, 65 at home would feel like a like pretty warm day especially in the spring or fall but here it feels so cold even to me did you ever experience a tsunami or a tornado either or the two um i 
haven't experienced like a major tsunami. Um, we've had some pretty, pretty major earthquakes um, in Alaska while I've been there, um, where stuff like falling off the shelves and um, spends like some road damage and stuff like that. But um, we'll get like little tsunamis where the comes up like really high, um, but never like a huge wave like you'd see in like pictures or movies um, during my lifetime. So hopefully it stays like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, when I actually, the weekend that I made my first Olympic trials cut when I was 14, we had um, one of the biggest earthquakes in history. Um, and I wasn't there for it. I was swimming in Greensboro. Um, but there were like houses that split in half and stuff up there. So it was pretty wild to hear about that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the shift in, in temperature too and how it feels different. 65 feels different at home than it does in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like I always think about, um, so I grew up in Atlanta in the South in a humid climate and I've known people yeah. there that had Huskies that are just totally not built for like a hot, humid climate. And I'm sure you see that in Austin too, people that get these big dogs. And for some mm -hmm. reason you talking about that made me think about that where it's like those, those like creatures are meant for that climate. Did you ever feel like that? Where they're like, oh, I spent my whole life in this climate and then you just plop me down in this new one. And it's like, oh, I have like a major adjustment. Definitely. I know. I, I sometimes like if I go to like one of the parks or something in Austin, you see like these huge furry dogs. I just feel so bad for them because it's like it's too hot for like a human to be outside, let alone like some huge furry black dog. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's the, what's the, one cool thing and the one not so cool thing of your change so you move from change of your swimming environments talk about indoor pool versus outdoors um i i don't know who the head coach is was at tsunami but you're under one of the best coaches in the world now and it's a woman you know you have a, a storied story club and environment you know um you came from a small environment before where maybe anchorage was your big team to swim against what mm -hmm. was one what's one cool thing about that move you've experienced in the what three two years and what's one that's you you miss and you regret not regret but you wish that you wish for the old time days yeah for sure um I don't know yeah now that I've been here for a while it's obviously um cool to train with like a bigger team um with a lot of other like women that have similar goals that I do um just always chasing yeah. that next thing um I'd say I definitely miss since leaving like the close community um in Seward I mean obviously I have the team here and stuff but it's definitely hard like a school of like 40,000 people you don't like have that like automatic like everyone's yeah. everyone's kind of behind you and you know everyone um so I definitely missed that and just like um yeah I mean it is nice to have a small club too I had a great coach Solomon D'Amico at home um yeah. so yeah no it's definitely big lots of changes um so yeah working through it all oh, and and sometimes you need both environments to help support you yeah you need the home and a small friendly environment but also it's good to have the bigger team and the bigger you know ut team that you have and the experience mm -hmm. of other athletes who have made have gone that i mean you're swimming of athletes who have won olympic gold medals you know and mm -hmm. have and have and have perhaps dealt with the aftermath of that what comes yeah. with that you know the, the the good stuff and the bad stuff uh, mm -hmm. Talk about the kind of support that you had since you shocked you shocked the world. I'm gonna say like like your your, your comeback was amazing. 
Um, talk about the time since then and support you've gotten from you know, your team at home and your team at UT. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, um, I won my Olympic medal and then I had one more year of high school. Yeah. Um, so I was at home that year after the Olympics. Um, yeah. Probably about half the time I was at home, half the time I was traveling for um, sponsors, meets, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like I've definitely learned a lot about balance and like the importance of that. You can't do it. Can't do it all. So um, I have a really great team behind me, um, both at home. I still have a great relationship with my home coach. Um, so I talk to him pretty frequently and my parents um, and some of my best friends from home. And then obviously have gotten some great support here at Texas. Like I've never had um, like here I have trainers and like team doctors and um, massage therapists and obviously national caliber coaches and all that stuff. So it's definitely been great. And I have a great backing support system. No, so who, who, I sat, I stood up next to the Texas team at women's NCs this year. And <laughs> I, 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 I was there with the Olympic champion in the crowd in hundred breaststroke. And I, I mean, I, I framed my camera on who I thought was going to win. I was like, I'm going to zoom out to bring in lane two as well, because, you know, <laughs> lane two has to be there as well. Uh, but still, my focus was on four and five, to be quite honest. But I'm like, no, don't, Lydia's there. I see don't how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'll be honest with you. It's very hard to do. It's hard. But, you know, do, you came back. You, 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 you came back on, on the field and you came back in the Olympics and, and, and what have you. What is it about your 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 support and that belief in yourself and, and, and the people around you that you like, you know what? You guys can take it out. I'm coming for you and I'm going to run you down. And I don't care what lane I'm in. I'm going to get my hands to the wall first. It's something about Lydia Jacoby, I see. Isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think that I can't like pinpoint a specific like thing, like or place yeah. that that comes from. But I definitely like growing up in Alaska I was like the top dog for so long. I just like had that confidence that I would get my hand on the wall every race. Um, so then when I started going out into like bigger fields, you know, like obviously when I was younger, I wouldn't necessarily expect to be winning everything. Um, but yeah. then like, as I moved up through like getting that trials cut, um, then like San Antonio before, or not San Antonio, Mission Viejo Tier Pro um, before Olympic trials, I got second to Lily. And I was like, so I can get my hand on the wall in a bigger field. And then, you know, just moving through like Olympic trials, Olympics, like just building that confidence of knowing that like yeah. I can always get there, um, even if other people are ahead of me at the beginning. So I think just having the confidence in the training and the confidence in yourself is the biggest thing. It, has that prompted a nickname in practice from you? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> okay. Not that. They don't say save up Sally or watch out she's coming or freight trains on the way. I don't know. <laughs> no, but you might have just created some. <laughs> Choo -choo! <laughs> freight train. <laughs> Wait, do you have a nickname actually? Do your teammates call you like Lids or, or Cobes or Cobes? <laughs> What, what do you no, call well, you? a lot of my friends call me Lids, yeah. Lids? Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> do you have a lot of pressure to dance when Texas gets up and dances on deck and they all do their line dance? Because you have the experience singing, do you have to be like, all right, you lead us? No, I I don't usually participate in the dances. <laughs> I think they're fun. 
But I'm usually just like in my zone by the time I, I get to the pool deck. But we usually do like a little dance party in the hotel room just with the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to dance in front of the whole. I don't even like to warm up in front of the whole crowd. So got to got to save up. Let them see that last 25. Not the dancing beforehand. I think <laughs> UT swim team needs to beat the most popular swimming video I've seen on USA Swimming Channel. It has 17 million views. It's the um, at least 17, if not more. It's the um, Call Me Maybe 2012 Olympic team um, dance video. I can see UT swimmers doing something that can rival that, if not better. So you get work on that, you know? We'll have to work on it. Yeah, the, I remember the Call Me Maybe video. That that was a fun one. That came out back in my in my age group swimming days. I remember our team did like a video star to that after they came out with that video. All right, I I, I have um one last thing. So you spent a year as a seventeen year old, which was pretty old for a hundred breaststroker from my era. I need to now uh, manager Kobe shout out who were like 14, 15, but you spent a year in high school in, in your fishing city, town, village, mm -hmm. city, town, 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 town. okay. Um, <laughs> did they at least give you the keys to the town, name a street after you, you got like a, a, at least a hamburger named after you? What's going on? What did you what's, the Alaskan, what, what's the Alaskan version of being knighted? That's, did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> the Alaskan version of being knighted. Um, I know I have a couple like different. I think there's a smoothie place that has a smoothie named after me. I have a Ooh. couple restaurants with lots of Lydia decorations in them and things like that. But no streets that I know of. <laughs> What's the Lydia smoothie called? I can't remember. I think it might be called like Golden Girl or something. It has like turmeric and a bunch of stuff in it. I'll have to look see, after this. It, it, it will surprise you. I'm from Trinidad and the, you know, we haven't had that many uh, great swimmers, but you would walk around also and it's like, wait, there's a post of George Bovell there. Or there's like, there's the Dylan Carter or something. It's like, it, and it shocks you. Like, whoa, what's, what's, what's Dylan doing on the street? Or why am I ordering a Lydia Jacoby smoothie? It's, it's cool though. No, it is cool. All right. So next we're going to move along a little. So I've uh, spoken at a lot of like swimming conferences and every swimming conference is always, what set does Lydia Jacoby do? What does Michael Phelps do? Tell us the sets. That's all people ever care about. So we're going to dive kind of into that with okay. a segment called science ish. Okay. So as far as training goes, what's like one type of training that you wish you could try a little bit more. Like they, you have like USRPT is a common one or like high volume, like what they're doing out at Sandpipers or like a lot of resisted swimming and things like that. Is there like well, one type of Well, I definitely don't yeah. hope that I could train like the Sandpipers. I'm not wishing to train like that. Let me All tell right, you. we can cross that out. <laughs> no. um, I'd say USRPT would be one that I'd definitely be interested in trying. I mean, Traditionally, um, when I was swimming back at home, um, we always did a lot lower yardage. Um, I'd be around 3K of practice, if not below. Um, I swam about seven times a week and then lifted like three to four. Um, so, yeah, I think that that kind of fits more like what I grew up doing. Um, and since I've gotten to Texas, we've kind of mixed um, – 
like that kind of training that I've had success with before and then um, pulled in a little bit of like longer, more aerobic stuff. I remember last fall, I remember my first practice when I got to 5K for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then now we get, we, I think I've hit 6K once um, and I didn't like it. So I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Oh, no, but we have been working in a little bit more yardage, but I think one thing that we stick with, um, we kind of alternate the like higher aerobic day, higher aerobic for me, higher, um, higher aerobic days with kind of more sprint resistance power kind of things. Um, and then get some racing in towards the end of the week when I'm a little more fatigued. Um, but yeah, I think one thing that we really stick with is that, um, especially for breaststroke, I don't, I won't necessarily speak to other strokes is that like, I should stick with only swimming my prime stroke fast because breaststroke just changes so much, um, based on like the speeds that you're swimming at. So like, even if we are doing aerobic sets, we'll do like some aerobic freestyle mixed with some like fast breaststroke or pace breaststroke, um, even just like 200 pace. Um, but just making sure that we aren't going like slow. Yeah, when you were um, just started off on that response, I was thinking about what they do at Indiana, and it seems like like a totally different philosophy to swimming breaststroke. At least it seems like there's a lot of aerobic, but also like a higher volume of breaststroke. Um, mm -hmm. Would you say that like the majority of the swimming that you do is non-breaststroke? Yeah, probably. Uh, I'd say I'd say at home it was non-breaststroke more non-breaststroke um here i'd say it's about 50 50 i i would guess um but yeah i'd say i train more like a sprint freestyler than i do like a breaststroker traditionally how would you rate your sprint freestyle on a scale of one to ten not good maybe like a maybe like a three <laughs> All right, we got we got opportunity for improvement. It has gotten a lot better this year, but I haven't like raced it, so I don't have any. Um, I know in practice it's gotten better, but I don't have any like gauge, no numbers to give you. Hmm. I mean, that's it's all right. Wild. We don't like to talk about numbers because uh, then it'll expose Luke, and his numbers are so bad that we just don't want to make him feel bad, so we just don't talk about numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing five k this year. Okay, I'll get five k. <laughs> <laughs> so i want to get back to your training volume and those things because i think a lot of people when they think oh lydia jacoby as luke said you're running down people at the end of a race but when you have such a low volume that goes against some kind of traditional thought of like god she's swimming such low volume how is she running these people down and how does she have such good endurance so what do you think attributes to your ability to kind of close so well in, in your best races She's a badass. Um, yeah, that. I'll leave it there. I'm not kidding. Um, I think, I feel like when I was at home, like, that's just the way I always trained. Um, and, like, I knew that worked for me. Like, I'd been going fast. I really didn't realize. I mean, I knew I did a little lower volume than most people. But um, I didn't realize that it was, like, such a big deal until, like, after the Olympics. And then everyone was like, what? You barely train at all. And I'm like, well, like, when I am training, like, it's quality work, you know. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, I guess I just never saw like any reason why I wouldn't be able to be that fast doing what I was doing because I always had been. Um, so I feel like it's definitely a mindset thing. Um, but yeah, I think, um, the other thing is, is like, obviously you need some aerobic base for a hundred, um, cause you can't, you'll, you'll die at the end. But, uh, the other thing is like going back to not training slow breaststroke is like, it isn't like a 200 or a 400 where you aren't necessarily going your top speed the whole time because you need to be able to swim at your top speed the whole time. So it's just being able to hold on to that stroke. And the more you train the fast stroke and not like revert to like just doing long yards of the the slow stroke, like your body knows how to do that fast stroke and can keep doing it for longer. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, there's, I don't know if there's any science behind that. So you'll have to tell me, but. Oh, there is principle of specificity dropping bombs on them, Lydia. Good job. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to imagine there must be a good story here of you making teams going and you have these national level coaches having practices for you. And you're like, um, the warm up is what I do for a whole practice. Are there any <laughs> stories, especially like when you first got on the scene where you were just like throwing in, in a, you know, out of your environment and it was just like you had to talk with the coaches or kind of dial it back a little. I feel like the main places where I really faced that were at like swim camps when I was younger, um, like going to different like swim camps and stuff around the country. They're like USA swim camps or different like college swim camps. Um, I just like couldn't keep up with my group. I just like I really couldn't do like the sets, especially like some of those swim camps. They they want to like impress you with like the yards yeah. they're throwing at you. It's the sets and mm -hmm. stuff. Um so those were really like the traumatizing, like I can't do it kind of moments for me. But, um, you know, recruiting happens so early now. Um, like I was committed to Texas before I even went to Olympic trials or the Olympics or any of that happened. So um, we really had like good communication between my coaches at home, my coaches at Texas, like what we were doing at home, what they like wanted to be doing at Texas, how we we're going to like ease me in. So we started lower um, and kind of worked my way up. So there was, I never really felt like there was anything where I felt like I absolutely had to do it and they absolutely expected me to do it and I couldn't. Um, I feel like we really eased into it well and now I, I can do all the practices. Um, even if I'm in the back of the lane, I just can get through them. So um, it's good. And I, I'm even, yeah, you know, definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough about training. That's too much training already for you. So let's move on yeah. to technique a little bit. Says breaststroke is always a fun one to talk about with technique. Mm -hmm. So when when you think of like the best looking breaststroke technique, a mm -hmm. specific athlete, any swimmers or breaststrokers come to mind for you? I don't know. That's an interesting one. I mean, I've never really thought about like how a stroke looks necessarily like just based on aesthetics if that's what you're talking about um it is interesting how different all of them are um obviously um yeah I think mine's definitely more like just like forward motion not much up and down then you have people that are going like up and down all the way across so it's just like whatever works for you 
No, I think that's huge because there is so much difference. And a lot of people, though, have opinions on this because a lot of people will look at your style of stroke. And I think, uh, Brian, you were maybe messaging or maybe that was Luke saying your stroke technique kind of looks like Liesl Jones, where it's a very Mm -hmm. low breaststroke. And some people seem to not like how that looks. Yeah. So I guess what what are your thoughts when people give you suggestions or like mentioning things on how to change your technique? Yeah, I mean, yeah, my stroke is definitely lower, and I've gotten that comparison to Liesl Jones a lot. Um, it is funny how similar they look, but I've always just thought like, I mean, in breaststroke, like you're supposed to go like up and down, up and down, but I'm just like, the goal is to get to the end of the pool, so why not take like the fastest route to get there? Like, if I can get a breath, there's no point in like going all the way up just to like move forward a couple inches. So I guess that's kind of my thinking on it. And that's just always how my stroke has been since I was little. Um, And definitely like after the Olympics and even before, there's definitely been like a lot of people, um, different coaches or um, people that I've worked with who have like had suggestions for how to change like my pull or my like undulation, that type of thing. And I've tried some of it. I mean, obviously, you're always tweaking little things. That's how you get faster. But just kind of realizing, like, who's my inner circle? Like, who knows me best? Who knows my stroke? Like, um, you can only take advice from so many people. So, Lydia, I need you to defend your people um, because the three of us aren't breaststrokers. So so (laughs) get up and defend, okay? I I always, you always talk about beautiful swimmers. Oh, you know, Aaron Pearsall has a beautiful backstroke. Oh, Popovich, beautiful freestyle. You know, Milak, what a butterfly. You never had anybody saying what a beautiful breaststroke. Like yeah, well, maybe you guys should start event. saying that about mine, then you'll hear it. All right, I got to say. <laughs> no, that's right, true. I, I would say breaststroke's probably not the prettiest like, stroke. It's definitely a little more awkward. Yeah. Yeah, the, the photos that you get sent after your races are never the most flattering. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We do have a few audience questions about technique and, and things like yeah. that. So um Maja underscore underscore vertical line wants to know if you have any tips for a strong breaststroke kick. Strong breaststroke kick. Um, I spend a lot of time in the weight room. Um, we focus a lot, like deadlifts, squats, um, I don't know, plyo press, cleans, jumps, like all that kind of stuff, um, which I know a lot of swimmers don't do as much weight stuff or tend to go lighter um, because to save your muscles for the pool and practice in the pool, but Um, I've just always found that so valuable. I've been lifting since I was like 12 or 13. Um, So I feel like that's a big thing. I also just like, for me, it's so easy to like tweak your groin muscles or your hip flexors. So just like before every practice, I do like a little stretching session, especially like focusing the legs just so that um, you get all those muscles warmed up. So the power's there when you get in. All right, two two squat follow-up questions. Traditional okay. or sumo stance for squat? That's an interesting – I've never done sumo stance for squat. Um, but actually, when I was at home, we did um, – we would alternate, like, two weeks of sumo deadlifts with two weeks of regular deadlifts. Um, and I actually haven't thought about that for a while, so maybe, 
but yeah, because that works like the inside of your legs, which are the one that, ones that are working when you're kicking. Um, so I'd say that sumo is probably more valuable. Um, I've never done it squat, but I do sumo deadlifts and then squats. I just do regular. All right. Next squat question. How much are we putting up? What's your one RM back squat? Oh, I can't even remember. I, back squat. Big. I don't really do back squat very much oh. here. Um, well, not like for maxing out. Um, I believe deadlift. What did I get up to? This is a regular deadlift, One, right? Not a hex bar. Uh, yeah, I usually go hex bar. Okay. Oh, I don't nice. really, because it, it just hurts my back. Yeah. I've got some yeah. little back issues going on here. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to remember, we haven't done like, like, uh, strength kind of phase yet for a while. It was more last year. So I think I've got up to like 135, uh, kilos with a hex bar. Nice. Solid. Now stretching is another unique one for breaststroke. Um, yeah. obviously you'll see breaststrokers doing some, a lot of odd stretching in my opinion, W sitting for like hours on end where it's just like, look like they're going to dislocate their hips and bad <laughs> for their hips in general. What type of stretching do you do? And what's like the craziest breaststroke stretches you've seen or been recommended to do? Well, now I don't really do any crazy stretches, but, um, when I was little, um, I was a big doll girl. Um, I had, I was really into Barbies. I was really into Polly Pockets and I would sit for like, hour, like probably like five hours a day in like a W like sitting position, just like playing with my dolls, rearranging my dollhouse. I mean, that was just like so comfy to me. That's how I sat when I was little, um, probably until I was like 11 or 12 or so. And then I ended up getting tendonitis in my knees. Um, uh, and so then I had to go to like physical therapy. I got like dry needling, did all this stuff. And they told me I shouldn't sit like that anymore. So I had to like break that habit. Um, but I kind of feel like even though maybe I injured myself doing it, <laughs> that might also be why my legs are flexible in the right directions. But I don't, I don't, I can still sit like that, but I don't. It's just a party trick now. <laughs> so, that it is. Um, but yeah, I do like uh, like a lot of like hip flexor stretches, um, glute stretches. Definitely like groin rockers is like the biggest one, I think, especially before getting in for a practice. Um, just making sure that's all loose before you really go at it. That's All something right. that uh, that's, a, that's a party trick that I can't do. I was uh, <laughs> trying to do trying to do that crazy like feet out, toes out, knees down on the floor, and sit on your heels motion and and yoga the other day, and I like that's a no go. That's an absolute <laughs> no go for the vast majority of the population, except for you breaststroke people that have. <laughs> well, I, that's <laughs> the only way I'm like super flexible. I can barely even touch my toes. I can touch them on a good day. You have to know when not to do the party tricks. Like, okay, I can no longer do that, or I should not be doing this with drinks in me. You have to know when to chill with the party <laughs> tricks. Like you do get party trick injuries, and you see Dr. Party <laughs> <laughs> All 
to that point talking about super flexibility that way and then like lack of flexibility not being able to touch your toes what do you think's the least athletic thing about you what's something that like you try to do and it's just laughably unathletic throwing and catching i'm like actually atrocious at so bad like no i can't catch or throw anything i can run pretty well i can jump but no i can't throw or catch so <laughs> yeah good thing that austin doesn't have a baseball team and alaska doesn't have a baseball team and the olympic champ didn't get invited what's go- what's gonna happen when you win win another olympic oh, medal the, like throwing the first pitch or whatever uh-huh, and you get invited to throw out the opening pitch <laughs> of a baseball game <laughs> What's going to well, happen? Like a solid few weeks of training on that. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find, find a catching partner, throwing partner. <laughs> well, like you mentioned, you were doing W sitting for hours on end, and perhaps that contributed to your breaststroke success. But a lot mm-hmm. of people think you're either born a breaststroker or you're not a breaststroker at all. Where do you fall on that question or in that camp? say that you're kind of born a breaststroker I think just like I think you definitely can train breaststroke and you can get pretty good at it especially for like IMers and stuff um like obviously there's some people that didn't used to have great breaststrokers and have um, like developed a pretty solid one um but I would say the people that you see like on the top of the podiums and consistently like meddling and breaststroke are like pure breaststrokers and always have been um, so I, I know at least for myself, I've always been a breaststroker. Nice. And then one last audience question from underscore Luke underscore McGill. What is your favorite breaststroke drill? Favorite breaststroke drill. Um, I'm a big two kick one pole girl. Um, it's a pretty basic one, but I just feel like it helps a lot with my rhythm because um, my ki- my stroke is very kick driven. So if I just like get that extra kick, I can kind of feel that forward motion again. And then the second kick helps me lock in my arms and undulation where it should be. Um, so that's my favorite. Nice. All right. We know that it's important to tell the truth and I need <laughs> some truth telling from Lydia Jacoby. This section is called honesty matters. Okay. No white lies. Do you always do 100% of warm up? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Have you ever pulled on the lane line and backstroke? All the time. Pretty much every time I do backstroke, unless it's fast. (laughs) If you do a, um, a back to breast turn, do you always touch the wall when you do it? Yeah. Because otherwise you don't go all the way to the other end. So you have to go touch the wall. (laughs) What do you mean you don't go all the way to the other end? Like if you don't touch the wall, it doesn't count as a 25. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I wish I could could calibrate my watch. Four and a half. Um, half. Do you ever push off on the eight instead of the nine? No. I go underwater on the eight, but I don't push off until like the zero. When you retire, 
will you swim again or will you quit forever? <laughs> That's probably a long ways out, but I feel like when I retire, I probably won't swim for like 10 years. <laughs> and then maybe I'll, I, I'd like, I'd float, but not swim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, you'll never find me in like a master's program or something i don't i i don't know i don't know maybe you know well, we, we all thought so too we all said that as well and it's fun so i don't know yeah maybe i definitely need a good break yeah yeah one 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 good break and then some time to reflect you know you can't make the decision exactly. while you're in the moment that's but, true okay one last one on honesty. Have you ever cried in practice? And if so, tell us about one of them. Oh yeah. Crawl goals are a real phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. When have I cried in practice? Um, usually I only really cry in practice. I wouldn't say I've ever really cried from it being hard. I've more cried from like, if I'm frustrated about something on a set and then there's lots of other like things that are making my day bad, I just like think about all of them at once and then I cry about it, but it's not a frequent thing for me. All right. Excellent. Um, next we're going to go ahead and move on into something because we often in life have choices and we get yeah. to choose either this or that. Oh. Okay. So, first this or that, morning practice or afternoon practice? Morning practice. Oh. Indoor yeah, pool? Not, oh, you can go on. Yeah. I would say not necessarily like early morning practice, but I like to like I like to do my practice in the morning so I have the day. Huh? And I'm not like thinking about it all day. Indoor or outdoor pool? Indoor. Oh. Chocolate or <laughs> vanilla? Chocolate. Weightlifting before or after practice? This one depends on the type of practice. If the practice is really hard, well, if the practice is hard, it's awful either way. But I would say usually after. You're in the weight room, squats or deadlifts? Deadlifts. The coach is excited. All right, everyone, we get to work on either starts or turns. Starts. Big kick set or big pull set? Kick set. But only brushstroke kick. I don't move forward when I do flutter or dolphin kick. You Those see why? <laughs> So morning practice, indoor pool, chocolate, lifting after swimming, deadlifts, starts, and kick set. Mm -hmm. Then you might become Olympic champion one day. You never know because Brian John, <laughs> did you match on all of those or some of those? I didn't. That was opposite on many of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. All right. One last one. Breaststroke kick with a board or on your back? If it's easy with a board, but if it's fast on your back. On your back. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I liked backstroke kicking on my back, so I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lydia, we just got a few uh, incorporated audience questions and some rapid fire to finish this up. Okay. What's the hardest race in swimming? Hardest race in swimming? 400 IM. Olympic gold or world record? Olympic gold. Do you pee in the pool? Yes. And if people say they don't, they're lying. Agreed. I take it as a sign of weakness if somebody gets out to pee in the middle of a hard set. Have you been listening to us? Matt Sates said that. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, Matthew Sates <laughs> said that's a sign of weakness if they get out to pee. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Is it a sign of strength if somebody goes for a long road trip without having to stop to pee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Favorite restaurant in Austin, Cenote. Mm -hmm. What kind of food is that? Um, I don't know. It's like American food with a little like Mexican twist, maybe. Right. It's just good food. Ameramex. Ameramex, yeah. All right, this one's from our follower, Gina Jaukui. Must see places in Alaska. What's how about maybe what's your like one spot that's underrated that nobody ever goes that you would love to travel to or that you have and you really like? In Alaska, hmm. honestly, Seward. I feel like I feel like it's not one of the like biggest destinations that people like talk about or know about in Alaska. It's really gorgeous. Glaciers, mountains. Nice. wildlife all right the hometown seward love it okay uh <laughs> this is this is from uh yanitsa karlova who just says what's one really hard set that you'll remember for a long time mm. um <laughs> i can't remember exactly what the set was like to a T, but I remember the feeling afterward. We did, it was a set. I found training with Carol that she prints her sets out on a little piece of paper and we all like stick them on our water bottles. Uh -huh. And if the set looks really hard, it's usually not as bad as you think it is. And if it doesn't look that mm. bad, you usually get out like questioning everything. <laughs> and, um, we did this set like midway through the year last year that was, I think it was 650s breaststroke on the 45. Um, They're just kind of like pace. I think we had to hold under 35s. Um, this is short course. And then, um, and then a 200 like breast down free back. Um, and then I think it was like a few 25s. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, my training partner here at Texas, Anna, she was um, she was swimming in the lane next to me and we get really competitive in practice. So right off the bat, we started out with like 31s, 32s on all six of the 50s. Nice. Um, and then and then we realized that it was like four rounds of the set. 
but then neither one of us was gonna um like back down and like start going 35s like it said on the sheet so we just like held like 31s the whole the whole set and we both got out and we were like (laughs) i think we both just like laid on the pool deck That makes me think of how badly I hated it when a coach would come back and say, okay, after you thought you were done with the set and go one more round or one more effort. What's one thing, thing. what's one thing that a coach does that annoys you that they should stop doing? Mm, um, I'd say like, yeah, if you're like a good amount into like a hard set and you're like really on a roll and they change it because like you don't have enough time or something that's always really frustrating to me because like I'm like I came in not wanting to do this hard set and now I'm like rolling through it and doing well and you're telling me I'm like done with it yeah that's annoying but it's also annoying when you're doing a set and you think you're doing pretty well and then they go not hard enough let's make it Mm. let's change it make it harder it's like, well, for doing well, you're going to make it harder. That's my reward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just a couple more. This one's from Yasmin Al-Sabi. What pump-up song is your go-to before a race? Um, it depends on the mood that I'm in. But um, Never Be Like You by Flume and Beautiful Pain by Eminem. Okay. Um, prior uh, prior guest, um, multi-time guest friend of the show, Gary Hall Jr. once called breaststroke the potato sack race of swimming. What <laughs> do you think about that comment? <laughs> I mean, I guess you kind of go up and down like you do if you're jumping in a potato sack. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I just always confuse why people choose to do the slowest version of getting across the pool. But as you've already rated your sprint f- freestyle a three out of 10, then maybe breaststroke is the fastest way for you to get across the pool. Oh, it is. My breaststroke's faster than my freestyle. Oh, man. <laughs> well, well noted. <laughs> you All don't right. choose if the stroke chooses you. Chooses you. I like that. Born a breaststroker. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that's how it works. All right. And then we have to close on this one. How often do you do social kick? As much as I can. That's right. <laughs> All right. We got we got Carol to thank for uh, <laughs> continuing to prescribe some of that. Um, shout, shout out to the Texas Longhorns. Lydia, thanks so much for hanging out with us. It's been super fun. Yeah, We're uh, really looking forward to watching you continue to swim fast. So always fun when we get to know you a little bit. So thanks for spending the time. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Awesome. That's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website,